Aloha and welcome to the Hawaii Shoots podcast called How Do You Shoot That? Today we have a really special guest who's a friend and fellow filmmaker, Andrew Tran, on the show. Andrew and his team at Redefine Media are responsible for some of my favorite experience videos from around these islands. With clients like Hawaiian Airlines, Toyota, Pow Wow, and Starwood Hotels, they've been producing some really high quality, fun, and experiential content over the last few years and are getting better with every piece they produce. Redefine Media has won various local and national awards for their work, and the accolades keep coming. In this episode, we talk about dropping out of med school to pursue filmmaking and building a video production company in Hawaii. It's definitely one of my favorite episodes, and I think you're going to love it too. With that, let's go talk story with Andrew. Andrew Tran of Redefined Media. Whoop, whoop. And today we're talking about all things uh, social media, video production, photography, kind of how he got into the industry and everything in between. But I want to talk first about some of your recent uh, adventures. You, you recently shot s- some food stuff with our friend Lanai. Tell me about that experience and how that all came together. Uh, last year, we had a client, um, Yokocho, Waikiki Yokocho, which is in Waikiki. It's like almost like a food court, but it's like an alley full of different restaurants and whatnot. And they reached out and they wanted us to make profiles and stories on each of their restaurants. We partnered up with Lanai. That's how I met Lanai. And he's like, he's like a genius. Like he, he has like all these ideas and like he just constantly throws them out. And like it's my job to just execute them. So basically his idea was, you know what? There's 14 restaurants and there's unique aspects to them like there's a ramen alley or there's like dessert and all these things so why don't we just do a show i was like oh, i've never i mean i haven't done a tv show in forever or like i haven't done a serious one and so that i took that as a challenge and um from there we we did a ramen yokocho show which was like a little ramen alley history of it and how it got how it became how it started how it got to hawaii and how it's evolved so that was kind of cool. That got picked up by like a couple local networks and then Hawaiian Airlines and then um, Network and SF and then which got nominated for an Emmy. And then the crazy thing was we went out there not knowing like if we're going to win or not. And, and then we actually got in and it was, it was crazy. It's surreal. It's still surreal to me. And um, everything that's been happening since has just been blessings and grateful for all of that. You know, it's we always like try to pull it back in and say that we love doing this stuff because we just love production. We love being creative, but it is refreshing. It is nice to, to receive some kind of accolades for, for the work that you do because then it, it kind of shows that the industry also agrees that you're doing some amazing work. Yeah, so that, that was a milestone for me and like kind of like a huge moment in my life because before all that, I was kind of like torn between two different paths and... Um, I was actually on track to go to med school. You know, I took my MCAT. I was going to apply and all of this. And, you know, I have my production company on the side. And I love both. In life, you can't really, like, do two things and be good at both, you know. So, you know, even talking to my parents and my family and my friends and all of that and um, figured out that I had to pick one. I couldn't do both for the rest of my life. So winning that and everything kind of, like, solidified that, hey, you know, maybe I should be doing this. Um, Not not that I was questioning it before, but it kind of just, like, like, hey, you know, I'm going to do this full on. I'm going to um, really focus on this and see where it goes. Let's let's take a few steps back. Tell me tell me how you got started. How how I mean, you talk about med school. You talk about some of these things that that were before redefined media. Tell me about growing up uh, and, and how that 
how, how this passion for production? So my parents are immigrants, um, came here from Vietnam in like 1989, lived in New York, um, moved to Hawaii because of the weather. The climate is so much like Vietnam. And um, from the beginning, they've been entrepreneurs. So, you know, they had a restaurant and all this stuff. And my dad's passion was um, creative media. So he did, um, he was, a, he brought like the first Vietnamese newscast in Hawaii, um, worked with like the local networks and whatnot. Um, covered some crazy stories and then he had a wedding company on the side as well so I pretty much grew up um surrounded by everything you know he would come home and like ask me to capture the his dv tapes and um organize footage and um go on shoots with him and stuff so I was always surrounded by that so as I started getting older you know into middle school joined the media programs and whatnot high school was a big moment for me Moanalu high school got into the media program Minimac kind of changed my life pretty much you know um set all these things in stone for me and i got involved with like bigger projects and did a lot of stuff for the the school and the program itself told a lot of stories which i like doing and from there you know my passion really evolved and in high school you know all this networking my senior year i got to talk to a lot of different people in the industry it was a wedding industry first got to meet a lot of cool people grew up in the wedding wedding industry started doing my own thing networking and and then redefine media started and now we're yeah still growing still learning redefine media can you t- tell me how that name came about tell me what redefine media is for those who don't know so redefine media started in 2014 um it's the four it was the four of us um, we were a group of friends in college and um, we were doing you know youtube video videos music videos and little projects on the side and whatnot and we all had our own different strengths and passions and whatnot and we were like, hey, one day we were just like, hey, you know, why don't we just start a company? And, you know, we we're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it. It's it's going to be easier to, like, market ourselves as, as one name versus individual names and whatnot. And so the hardest part was thinking of the name. Um, we all, like, you know, wrote a bunch of things down. And I was on a flight home with my dad coming home from L.A. And I woke up. I mean, I took a nap on the plane and I woke up and I was like, oh, Refine Media. Started designing the logo on my laptop and everything. And everyone liked it. And it's been that ever since. And. Um, since then, you know, two of our partners moved away, pursued their other dreams and whatnot. And right now it's just me and Evan. And, um, what Redefine Media is, I've, it's a boutique production company in Hawaii. And I like to think of it as a huge, like, collaboration with creative content creators and whatnot. So, um, I oversee everything. And then, um, we work with other creatives to deliver content for clients. Does Redefined Media have a particular, I, I know you just kind of mm-hmm. brainchild on an airplane, but what does it mean to you? Growing up, like starting with my dad, you know, like DV tapes and then going into like how everything has changed and it's still constantly growing and changing. Just like the word redefined or like redefining, defining, like kind of like stood out to me and like um, it was very catchy. And I just thought like, hey, you know, maybe we can like stand out and like set ourselves apart from other companies and other creatives and whatnot and right out the gate i mean you guys pushed all your chips in uh you got shirts and you got hats and you had like outings and like team team adventures and you guys like fully went all in yeah so i mean when we first started it wasn't like a company it was almost like a hey let's just we started this let's just have fun with it do everything that we can all of our friends supported us we were still a really young company and like um just like hey you know let's just have fun with it create content create all this product create like different little things like redefine media wasn't like a production company but it was like almost like a like a brand name i don't know like like a lifestyle almost you know so that's that's kind of like what it was for a while and then things started getting serious and you know clients and clients and more work came in and whatnot so 
business has definitely like changed and whatnot but we still try to like live that like that lifestyle and have fun with everything as with anything that's worth something valuable to you um there's challenges there's there's difficulty down the road there's unexpected uh bumps and that that's to be expected but but what are some of the things that you guys have encountered over these past few years that have Maybe it was something that you, you never would have anticipated or something that had just been growing pains that have helped push you to the next level. So, like I said, you know, when we first started, um, we all had, like, young ment- mentalities and young mindsets and whatnot. And I, I don't know if young is a word, but it's just, like, we were we were known for, like, our social media videos and all that stuff and, like, our storytelling and stuff. But I think we we're – I mean, I know we're more than that, you know. So it's just tough when clients – feel like they trust you less because of your age or like how long you've been in business and whatnot too so that was kind of like a huge thing to overcome like hey how can you show that yes you're a young company yes you're young guys and creatives but you're still working on like this professional level so that was a huge thing that's always been pushing us like how can we compare to these other great companies you know like yours brad and um, other companies out there um, that we worked with and so that was a huge challenge that constantly always motivates us and pushes us to like take it to the next level whether it be producing different things or you know like our level of organization or how we create content how we go about it and how we talk to clients and whatnot it's 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 still a learning experience for us and yeah i think one of the first challenges that i ever encountered was my very first real meeting with a client you're sitting with a board of people and it's just you and your creative brief and and you're sitting there with people who have been in the business for mm-hmm. decades and you're trying to pitch to them why this video will work for their company uh, i'm sure you've encountered that at, at, a, at a bunch of different levels um what was that like for you it was crazy um so like i said i, was, I grew up in the wedding industry and whatnot you know meeting with couples it's it's about their the happiest day of their lives you know they're stoked i mean of course it's stressful but they're stoked and you know you're capturing all these natural emotions and everything you know it's it's cool you know but when we were when we were stepping into the commercial industry, it was like w- whether it be like an ad agency or like a big client and stuff. Like you're meeting with like brands that like you've looked up to or like you you use every day and stuff. And now they're reaching out to you and they want you to make content for them. And it's like, hey, um, we like you to meet with us. You know, we want you to pitch um, whatever product, whatever. And it was nerve wracking. You know, it was like, oh, like this big company reached out to us. Like we need to get our stuff together we need like talking from them and you enter the room and you know there's all these big names that give you their business cards like head of marketing all this stuff like whoa like it was like unreal you know it's like um just starting in the business and whatnot and kind of like forces you to like take your stuff to the next level so it's it's been cool it's been fun um crazy yeah and and i think your your story is very similar to the narrative that a lot of people want to live which is started out bought a camera loved loved doing this uh, maybe started doing events or weddings or or something else and want to transition to this commercial industry uh, i was a little different i actually started in the commercial industry back in la but but kind of moving into these different kind of creative strategies and endeavors what kind of advice would you give to somebody that wants to either transition into commercial work or or how to find clients how to how to like network with people like what would you tell people I always tell people that um, whether you have a brand or a company or not, um, it's always good to know like marketing skills, Um, whether you're marketing yourself or marketing a company, it's very important. So let's say you want to eventually go into like the commercial business and whatnot. So I would 
show not don't show all of your work like yes it could be all good but like maybe like directed towards like certain client that you want or like a certain field that you want to get into so for me I what I did was I separated my weddings and my commercial stuff so um, I have my own company for the wedding stuff and for the commercial stuff when I first started you know it was social media was just like booming and I think that's how we got really popular we were posting a lot of videos out there that clients really liked and um you know that style I mean don't stray from don't stray away from your style but really like deliver high quality products that you want to show off almost you know on social media and whatnot and then people will start noticing you they're going to start wanting to work with you and um, when you do get the chance you know just like take it seriously whether it's like a 10 second social media project or like a, a high budget commercial you know it's like I, I try to treat every project as it's like a huge budget project and put all my effort into it you know so I guess my advice would be don't give up just put yourself out there market yourself um, just keep creating I, I feel like the more content you have the more you're going to learn the more stuff you're going to be able to show and then yeah just don't stop learning I know that you initially got started and, and built kind of some momentum through social media but you know social media can also be kind of overwhelming and and become so much a part of your your daily routine and your character that you kind of lose yourself and you've taken some time personally to kind of detox from some of that uh, what was that like for you what was some of that decision making like for you social media um, definitely good um, for your business but could also hurt um, not just your business but personally as well so um, this day and age, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all of that is so big. You want to be an influencer. You see all these people traveling and whatnot, and um, you see the numbers and and whatnot. It's like almost like a validation of your work. And um, I kind of got in, like, I was I was starting to get into that mindset because you see all these other creatives and whatnot. And on social media, they seem like they're doing big things and they're they're killing it and they're getting like thousands and thousands of likes. They have thousands and thousands of followers, and you kind of envy them, you know. And you're just like, whoa, like what am I doing wrong? Like whoa, you start questioning your work and whatnot. And I didn't like that at all. I had to stop myself, and I was like, hey, why am I letting random people on the internet, the social media, all these things affect me like that? It, it wasn't healthy, you know. So like, why am I posting a video or a photo? And getting bummed that I didn't get like as many likes and whatnot. Like, I as long as you know it's good work and something that you're proud of, you shouldn't be like bummed out about it. So once I started getting to that mindset, I was like, whoa, like this is unhealthy for me. And talked to a lot of like the the big influencers and creatives. And you know, again, social media is like this 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 platform where you can post whatever and people will believe it. You know, so it could be all a lie. It could be different things like you don't you don't really know what's going on with the person outside of social media which is kind of crazy and scary so I took some time um, during Lent I took 40 days off of social media kind of just like reset and rethink about like why I use social media and um, how it shouldn't be used and whatnot and how it shouldn't affect me and whatnot and I learned a lot it was nice you know like I, I was creating content not for social media like do it for the gram is like a huge thing now and like I was creating content I was taking photos like just for Instagram or like framed just for Instagram so I, I could never use it for anything else and it was crazy so it was nice to take that break and realize like hey you know you're creating content for a bigger picture yes social media is such a powerful tool and gets your name out there gets your content and you know gets you known and whatnot out there but is that the demographic you want like you have to think like bigger picture always and that's what I learned. So in being mindful about the content you've produced, has it changed your behavior on in your social media practices personally? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not on it as often, you know, which is nice. I can, I'm spending more time off my phone. Um, I always, I guess before I would use, use the excuse of, hey, you know, I'm actually doing work. Like, I'm, I'm posting things um, to market myself or market my company and whatnot. But it's nice now, you know. So we still post often, but we have, like, um, like an automatic poster and whatnot. And we, like, we plan out all the content and whatnot. But it's not where, like you're stressed about it like I, don't, I feel like you should never be stressed about social media yes it's a powerful tool like i said but your your health and your like your mentality is like a huge thing too you know so i create content and um i don't create content just for social media like i think bigger picture and when it it is appropriate for social media yeah i'll post it and i'll share it and it's a nice tool and and we've had conversations recently about vacationing and, and about like actually pulling aside the camera pulling aside the capture to enjoy the actual moment that you're in um and you recently went on a trip and you got to experience that what was that like so my girlfriend megan we've been dating for like two years now and like the big thing we've been traveling a lot and like do a lot of things and she's really seen like my growth in the industry and personally and everything so the huge thing for her was you know i was always on my phone or always thinking like hey just do it for the gram or like you know do this just for the photo and whatnot and i wasn't really experiencing things like we would do like these awesome travels and i wouldn't be able to fully grasp and experience like what i was experiencing and that was because of social media you know i'd want to like snapchat or like take photos or whatever and um yeah you know it's sad but you know i admit it and it was unfortunate but you know grew all past all that and this past trip we took to paris was and london was beautiful yes i still created content but i didn't let that like control my trip you know like i experienced things like i rarely pulled out my camera like i had my the iphone quality is so good or like i just had a gopro in my pocket and even like the 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 product that came out of it um i made a video and it was very like raw and like natural versus like planned like cool shots like yeah of course a cool shot i mean the shots of like the beauty shots of like you walking in like this nice waterfall and whatnot is all super cool and whatnot but it like was that really like the moment that we experienced you know so i guess like going forward i've been trying to like, capture like just raw emotions and whatnot and just keep everything natural and really experience and if i don't capture it then i won't be bummed about it you know but if i do then that's awesome so speaking of pulling away and kind of detoxing from things, are, are there some shows either on Netflix or YouTube or, or Hulu that you go to when you just need a break? Like you're not going to them for inspiration. You're not going to them for like, how can I recreate this kind of cinematic effect? But like just I, I need to just like decompress my brain at this point. <laughs> Funny you ask that. Um, I always tell Megan that I'm going to be a drug dealer. I mean, it's, it's funny because that's, like, the shows I like to watch. And, like, you watch these shows. Like, I'm watching Ozarks right now on Netflix. And it's just, like, nice to have, like, it's good drama. It's shot really well and everything. But it's it's just nice to watch and, like, not think about anything, you know. And, like, it's about these, like, money launderers and whatnot. So, like, different scenarios. I, I watch a lot of medical shows like Grey's Anatomy, um, good drama. I'm trying to think, like, uh, The Office. I love The Office. You know, just a nice comedic break. And, like, it's it's those shows where, like, I like to watch while I'm editing either photos or video, like just looking through footage. I like to just have something in the background, just static noise, and The Office is really good for that, and, or like Big Bang Theory, pretty much like those shows, like anything on Hulu. I love food, so I watch like Master Chef or like Chef's Table and all that stuff too, so yeah, I watch everything. Very cool. Is there, um, is there one particular style of content that you like just absolutely love to produce? In general, I just love telling stories. 
and I truly believe that everyone and everything has a story, whether you're a company, wedding couple, or an individual, um, everyone has a story, and I just want to tell that story, whether it's through a social media video or a longer brand video or... I've never done a film or anything, but, you know, that's that's open to it. Like, I love challenges. And like this food show, it's not your typical food show. We we bring in the history and everything. We travel. We, we show you different aspects of the food and whatnot. And we really tell the story of, like, how this food came about and whatnot. So we got, we produced, like, We Go Eat Poke. That was a big one for us. We just released Tokyo Yokocho. And we got some big ones coming up. And it's, it's been fun to work on because I love food. And it's a, it's a different type of storytelling for me so I think just in general I just love telling stories and if I can do that in any way either through a photo or video I'd love to do it Um, I think in this day and age it's super trendy to be just ridiculously busy like no matter what it is like when somebody asks you how you are oh dude I'm so busy right now and it's it's almost this badge of honor I know that you guys have been extremely busy with all the production you've been doing a little bit of fun travel in Mm -hmm. there has that become a burden to you, like being overworked, overtired? I know, I know, I get into phases where it's it, you know it, it can become super unhealthy. People just notice it. They're like, "Dude, you look tired." Uh, but tell me what that busyness is like for you, and how you kind of compensate for that. Yeah, life. I mean, with everything, you know, you need to find that balance. Whether it's like work life, and I mean, you always hear the saying, "Busy is good," you know, especially for like an entrepreneur, like um, and whatnot. And that's a huge myth too. People think that you start your own business and you don't have to work a nine to five and you can do whatever you want and whatnot. But I feel like once you start your business, you're working more than everyone. It's cheesy, but you know the saying like, "Do what you love and love what you do," or like, um, "Find something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life." Like, it it still applies to me, and I I love it. I love what I do, and yes. It's been crazy busy, and um, the one of the big challenges is finding that balance. And um, it's been good, you know. Like sometimes you're you're in a week of product or pre-production, and then a week of production, and then you're editing in front of the computer for the rest of the month, you know, like doing edits and whatnot. And yes, it's draining and it's exhausting, and deadlines are um, always stressful. But if you're able to find that balance, like you know, I I try to take trips or I try to just like step away for a little bit and. It's nice. I mean, I, I try not to take work home and like implementing like little systems to to help me balance that, you know, where I'm not like just like super exhausted all the time and whatnot. And I mean, I'm still learning. Like I said, it's it's getting better. But of course, I mean, I've, I know for everyone, there's always those moments where like you're just burnt out. And But I recommend you just take a step away and just take a nice break and you'll be ready to come back and um, work even harder because it's not worth it to like just keep pushing yourself and getting less work done doing that, you know, so. Yeah, I, I know that struggle well. Are you the type of person that needs systems and, and tools to help you keep those things straight, or are you the kind that just keeps everything organized in your head? So one of the um, books that I, I recommend to every entrepreneur is The E-Myth, um, Revisited, and it, it's such a good book, and it like breaks down like different thought processes and mindsets and whatnot, and basically just being able to systemize what you're doing. And yes, I love systems, um, and you know, it's different for everyone and um yeah i do a lot of things in my head but i like writing things down post-it notes are like my friends you know i like i, I have post-it notes everywhere in my office like different thoughts different ideas like different things that i need to do and whatnot and there are like many systems implemented you know like that are helping and whatnot the workflow but i think in general you know everything changes every day every project so it's just a constant growing experience do you use anything like Basecamp or trello or any kind of project management tools to help you keep 
things organized? I don't. So for my wedding side, I use ShootQ. It's a booking system, and um, that's like its own thing. You know, my studio manager handles all that. But for our commercial work, I've been using just like regular docs and whatnot and um, just organizing from that. But, I mean, I've been talking to like you about it and everything, and I haven't really looked into it because, you know, I'm busy. (laughs) But that's something I definitely want to look into because I think it will help with my organization and whatnot too. And, yep. And speaking of other systems, uh, everybody loves a good camera system. You've you've got a bunch of toys and gear and all of that stuff that you've you've grown with throughout the years. Um, some new things that you've purchased. Uh, what's your current setup like? I just picked up a red. That that's been pretty yeah. awesome. You know, I know it's like that's been like our dream from like the beginning. And you know, you always see these big companies with like a red camera. Like when I was interning, I was working with the red cameras, and it's like, man, one day I'm gonna have that. And this past year, you know, everything worked out in our favor and things just aligned and happened at the right time and we got one so it was cool it was nice it's nice to have it definitely changes your workflow and whatnot and so we use that for more like the commercial stuff and whatnot um personally i use the canon 1dx mark ii um i love it it's a well-built camera powerful super good photos powerful video um, capabilities 4k 60 that's like the big thing for me but it is kind of big so for weddings and whatnot i have the sony's it's awesome. It's amazing. Um, the portability in that and like the quality and everything you get from that little camera. It's amazing. So um, all my lenses are Canon. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much like my camera systems. iPhone for everything social media when I'm lazy. <laughs> uh, are there any any particular tools um, outside of just a camera tech that you just can't live without? Something that comes with you on set every single time? I think one of the most powerful tools is the monopod depending on what you're shooting or not. But yes, I definitely shoot handheld for like that, If depending on the field. But a monopod is just so powerful. I think like if you want a steady shot, you can get it. Like there's different movements you can do. And if you want like a steady shot, you can, you know, it, it just helps. I just picked up the Ronin S. I had it in the box for like two weeks and I never opened it or anything. And like I was talking to Brad about it. And I was like, hey, can I rent your movie for this project for my red, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you know, you should just try and balance it on the Ronin S. And I was like, great idea. So I opened it up, balanced on the red and... It actually works like really well. Hopefully, use that on more projects and whatnot. It's a nice new tool that we got. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, ND filters. <laughs> ND filters are are just yeah. crazy huge. Yeah. Who are some of your inspirations? People you look up to, companies that are doing things <coughs> that you want to do, people that are making amazing content that that just inspire you every day. So you know, with with social media and whatnot, there's all those influencers that you look to. So. I'm grateful to be friends with a lot of them. So, you know, like Nainoa Langer, he's a huge inspiration from like seeing how he started um, GoPro on YouTube and whatnot to see what he's creating now. Sam Coulter, um, Justin Sheehy, Nolan, like everyone's still so young, but they're like doing this like different, different. uh, They're creating all this content that's like growing on this different platform. And it's just like the demographic and everything, the content that created and this lifestyle that they created, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, for my food series, Chef's Table on Netflix was like the biggest inspiration. I I saw that the first season, the first episode, the previews, and I was like, "Wow, I've never seen any other food show like that. I've never seen anyone shoot food in the style. I never knew this culinary world existed." And that just inspired me to like create content that was up to that level or even better, you know. And it's 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 nice and crazy what how they kind of changed the game for me and I'm sure a lot of other filmmakers. Locally, you know, like, 
big company that I look up to is, of course, yours, you know, B-Rad Studios. Like, you're literally, I tell people you're my direct competition because you create the same, like, similar content. We tell stories, we love telling stories, and we have that similar style and whatnot. And other creatives like Jeremy Snell coming out of Hawaii, Anthony, um, Banzai Media, like, pretty much started me. I was like, interning with them for a long time pretty much grateful for everyone that i've networked with throughout the years you know colby with aria studios huge for me like she's so awesome a lot of things inspire me that was a hard question for me yeah uh, and that's that's one of the things that a lot of young filmmakers don't really they they might not have the same access that we do to some of the local to, to some of the local filmmakers or talent around town but even some of the people we find inspiration from online they they just might not know who they are. So hearing who you're inspired by, I think can actually give them some direction as to who to kind of look up as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm always finding new inspirations, new ways to make, make things. I mean, for, for me, Chef's Table was a gigantic piece of inspiration in so many different ways from the storytelling. And, and obviously the food is shot sexier than, than any other food show alive but it's caused this huge renaissance in food filmmaking, which has been amazing. One of the recent Instagram accounts I've like stumbled upon was Aaron B. Hall. He shoots like these amazing photos of like cars and like just lifestyle photos, but like it's like, it's not social media content where it's like, he's like, it's like very thought out, whether it's like the lighting or the uh, composition and like the, the, the actions in the photo, it's crazy. I have time to look him up. It's just like his, everything he just like puts a lot of thought into his single photos and it's it just makes you excited when you see his stuff and it, it, it is such an interesting time to be in this industry this creative space because the platforms are completely ubiquitous and anybody can jump on build an account and just start creating um, and and I love that it just kind of it flattens the, the learning curve and it, it makes people's global reach actually possible to where before it was it was nothing like this when your dad was shooting mini dv um, yeah it's, it's it's crazy like just two years ago like we were talking about how like yeah everyone can buy a dslr and do their own thing and whatnot and uh, yeah post on social media and whatnot. but now like i think like now 2018 this year has been really the growth of like that that new platform where everyone can do things on social media whether it's youtube youtube was a huge thing for everyone instagram is huge and like it created this new lifestyle pretty much and it's almost like its own group of creators because it's like you can either reach out to a company to create a, your content or you can reach out to this influencer that would create your content it's crazy it's like changing the game and you know it's it's crazy yeah one of, one of the things that actually like just shook my brain in so many different ways was it was when casey built beam and, and cnn saw something in that and was like we could leverage this mm-hmm. to build like a, a news thing. And, and I thought he gets millions, not, not hundreds of thousands, but millions of views every single day. I mean, that's, that's more than most major league sports and, and a lot of Olympic events and, and they're just coming straight to his content. So the, potential of digital distribution i mean i think we're just saying the beginnings of it uh and and eyeballs are just kind of fixed to these little screens now Mm -hmm. that it's it's a great time to be doing what we're doing yep for sure totally agree um and this is something that i've been throwing out there recently but are there any questions that you want to ask me 
Oh, let me see. Let me see. Um, you you did bring up like the um organizational systems and whatnot. So, what what do you use and like how has that helped you and like how many different ones have you used and why do you like this one? You know, because I've had experience both on the advertising agency side in the IT department and helping and helping a small like design video production company grow into kind of this big VFX directing house. Uh, I've seen a bunch of different types of solutions, but the one that that we've been using in-house is called Basecamp. And Basecamp is great because it is a true project management system. It's actually a, an online platform, so there's an iOS app, Android app, and you're able to stay connected to each one of your projects. Basically, you build a, a base camp for every single project that you utilize. You assign tasks to the team members who need to do them. They can check them off when they're done. It actually works directly with my iOS calendar, which was huge for me. And and so when whenever these to-dos come up, I can it, it, it basically integrates into my digital life already. And that's something that I couldn't figure out with Asana. I couldn't figure it out with Trello. Um, so Basecamp was the best solution for me for that particular reason. Um, our in-house messaging platform is Slack. We use that to get links or project briefs or any of that stuff back and forth so that we don't clog up email with that kind of information. And it stays off of our phone. It stays onto, uh, on their network, and that's a free app. We also use like Evernote, and that's been a great tool for me to be able to share notes, collaborate, and obviously keep it in a big database that's OS independent. So those, those are some of the tools that I use, and with my bookkeeper, we're using QuickBooks Online, uh, which has been a great way to keep finances, invoices, uh, PLs all intact. So digital documentation is, is a huge thing for me, and most of that will get collected in a database in Dropbox. So Dropbox is, is huge for file sharing and, and all of those daily kind of having a, a digital server that all of the studio can access at once because nice. it lives locally. Nice. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, totally agree with all that. Basecamp sounds like a great thing that I look into. Um, one of the biggest things is, you know, the tasks, like, you know, it gets lost between like, let's say a, a team of like five people, you know, like you, you kind of like forget and it loses through text and whatnot. And now you can write it down, but it's different. And when you see like, hey, it's unchecked, I need to get this done. So yeah, I look, definitely look into that. And I agree with everything else. QuickBooks is a huge thing. Um, keeping everything online and digital, it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. We, we've actually gone through three different client review softwares. We started with Whipster mm -hmm. and then we went to frame.io and ultimately just landed on Vimeo. Mm -hmm. uh, Vimeo Pro was was a no-brainer because a lot of our content ended up living there anyway. And and what I was noticing with some clients was that Frame or Whipster would get blocked in junk mail. Mm -hmm. So Vimeo was always easier for them to view, whether it was on mobile or just kind of getting through through spam. So if anybody is interested in that kind of client uh, engagement solution, Vimeo has been has been a good one for us. Yeah, crazy. I, I I was actually paying. I mean, I've always had Vimeo because, yeah, like you said, all our content ends up there anyways. And um, so I was using Whipster for a while, and and then I realized like, whoa, Vimeo has a really powerful review page like that I haven't been using. So I ended up canceling Whipster, and um, everything is on Vimeo, and it's nice because you get to see all the versions and then can upload the final one. It's like it's it's all there, you know. So it's nice. Another big thing I think um, for a lot of people is 
how do you organize your data, like your footage and everything? How do you back things up? And like, what's like your workflow on that? Oh man, <laughs> this, this one usually goes for for hours. <laughs> but the Briefly. basic strategy is, you know, we we shoot footage, um, and if if we need to, we'll back up footage on location to an SSD or something like that. Uh, but if if we're bringing the raw data back, we back it up to two different RAID systems, and and those will be for live data. Uh, if if we have the time and the project's going to go for a while, we'll actually back it up to a third, just kind of uh, stagnant drive, so that we have the data locked to something that's not going to be moving. From there, we'll put it into a project. I actually built a project folder about five years ago when I started. So every time we start a new project, I copy that brand new project folder. It has a video input folder, it has an audio folder, graphics folder, and an animation folder. And from there, we have micro folders that have the different days, cards, and and media. And then audio is Foley and dialogue and all of those things. But we try to organize each one of those folders so that if any editor needs to come in, they know exactly where each one of those assets are. So even if it's duplicated or triplicated because you've had a project before that used the same assets, all of that goes in so that when we need to archive that project later on, it's all contained within one folder system. Um, But that gets duplicated across two different live working raids. And, And the project folder within Premiere is basically the same infrastructure. So it mirrors that. So it's a project folder with the input, the audio, and and all of those same structures live in the the actual project folder. So we create a Premiere template file and we just dupe that every single time we start a new project. And and the idea is consistency and uniformity in in how our work flows. Uh, So if we're working with a freelancer or somebody internal, it's all the same. When, when you got to pick it back up from somebody else. Same. I'm pretty OCD about all that stuff. I have, like, everything organized. And it's just nice. I mean, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone gives you a project and you have to link a file and it's offline. And it's like, oh, sorry, the logo was in my downloads folder. I'm like, no. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's, like, a huge thing for me, like, keeping everything contained because, yeah, if you archive it down the line, it's nice to be able to open up the project and not have to look for anything. It's all there. And I don't know if you've had this um, lovely experience, but going and actually deleting a project by accident and you know a client wants it two years later you pull it up and it's like corrupt or some files are missing or something like that Um, and it's because there was a miscommunication in who was actually archiving it um, and whether or not that stuff was protected so we we take extra measures to make sure that all the data is locked down and and secure once a project is archived um, I have a backup copy at my house and one here in studio so that it's always accessible but then there's redundancy in case there is a flood or a hurricane or any mm-hmm. kind of thing so with that um, do you have anything on like the cloud anything online like any backup systems online uh, I have been looking into some but I have not figured one out um, my buddy doc always recommends backblaze and he said that the the process has gotten smoother to where you can kind of tell it, hey, only work from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And if I start my computer up, stop working. The problem is when you're working with terabytes of data, like transferring that, uploading that constantly, just I don't know if it makes economical data sense. Um, And especially if you're working with an ISP that limits your bandwidth every single month, uh, you can run into problems just with your with cost on your ISP. 
uh, and because business internet service providers charge a premium compared to your your mm-hmm. home services it, it can it can actually really up your your costs and and i think that's a big issue for for some people do you, do you have one for my wedding stuff i use um crash plan pro um but like you said it's like terabytes or like even like hundreds and hundreds of gigabytes and so it's like hard you know it's 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 constantly working in the background um i mean you can pause it and whatnot and um it's just tough because the thing i don't like about this system is it's not like dropbox where you can go in and look at the file you know it's more of like a time machine backup almost like i don't know how to explain it but for the i mean i this is like my second month on it now and it's it's backed up all of our wedding stuff but like i i just like never had to access it or anything so i mean i I definitely should try that and whatnot but i mean i've been looking into systems and whatnot too i mean the i think the physical copies and everything like i got that all down like i do multiple backups and everything but it's just tough i mean not tough but like I, i just feel like eventually i want something online but it's just hard like you said like we're not working with like gigs of photo we're like working like terabytes of data so that's a huge thing it's a huge thing and i I feel like it's it's a growing thing Mm -hmm. with people moving to the 6k and 8k raw uh, i mean files get exponentially larger Mm -hmm. with every minute you shoot and that i mean that's just an infinite problem for us so as hopefully as as our data grows so will our our bandwidth to the cloud Ooh, i got a good question something we talk about at lunch and stuff but we never really like put it on record i have a problem and you know it's it's like the the need maybe it's a pride thing but it's like a need of like you need to oversee every single project and that's just that gets stressful you know it's it's hard for me to like let go of a project and like fully trust completely trust someone so like how was it for you like finding a team to work with and like trusting someone to like create content and like seeing it through as a project versus like you handling everything you know because as a business owner that's not smart so how, how do you overcome that the e-myth book talks about building a system and being able to franchise your business that the best kind of business is something that can be replicated like the mcdonald's model and that's actually the opposite of what i wanted to build initially you know as an artist you're like i'm a special snowflake and nobody's work is like mine and you get into this like weird mode of uniqueness and so initially this company was built on the the brand of brad watanabe and that's how the brad studio company name was formed and it was all about brad unfortunately that can sometimes be a negative have have some negative impacts because then every time brad gets hired they expect brad to creative direct it or shoot it or, or kind of whatever that is because that's how it's branded Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Uh, if if I'm actually directing or shooting another thing the same day that you need a project done, I either turn it down or I have to find somebody else to shoot it. And I would say most clients hire BRAD because they want Brad. And I haven't figured out a good way o- around that part of it. But the reality is you, you work with a team that you can trust. You don't necessarily find somebody that has that when when you first start working together because that's something that you've built your entire life and it's not something that somebody can naturally just adopt so it takes time it takes investment it takes a, a real good learner to understand what that is so what we've been trying to do recently is um, work on this strategy of what is the brad brand what, what is that made of why is that valuable and why would a client want to come to us 
So we, we build upon the uniqueness of what we've built, why a client might want that, and still offer that to clients. So we've got a, a rad crew in, in studio, and that's what I try to work with them daily on, is not necessarily, hey, you should be like me because I'm the best, because that's not the truth. It's how can we build upon the things that, that we've been doing for the past six years and make it even better? Uh, how can we build this BRAD brand into something that's bigger than Brad? And I think collectively we can do that um, so that it's no longer just the Brad show. And, and also talking with clients and being like, I got a team. Um, and, and they're really, really good at what they do. So when you bring me on, you're not just bringing on a single entity. And so they see the value in that, and, and I think they appreciate that even more. You know, I, when, I, when I was first kind of jumping in to the game, I, I actually didn't get projects because I was just a single person. Uh, bigger clients didn't want to work with somebody who might get sick on their shoot day and couldn't rely on just the attendance. And I was like, man, that's such a bad reason to lose an account. Uh, but it was the truth. And so building this business uh, was more than just about making good videos. It was about how do I actually build a business that uh, sustains even longer or bigger than just Brad Watanabe. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's totally feel you. I understand that. And that wraps up this episode of the Hawaii Shoots podcast. I hope you were as inspired by Andrew's story as I was, and I hope it encourages you to go out and chase your dreams. Be sure to check out redefine.media for more of Andrew's work and follow his journey on Instagram at underscore Andrew Tran. If you made it this far and found some value in the information, you might want to consider subscribing and checking out some of our past episodes. I'd love to connect with you on social. We're at Hawaii underscore shoots on Instagram and at Hawaii shoots on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll see you on the next one. Aloha. Aloha.